Hello and welcome. My name is Sima Itabaza, your host, and you are listening to Kutemba with Sima. Kutemba is a word from Wanyankole, one of the languages spoken in Uganda that literally translates to dig up and means to delve deeper into something. In this interview series, I sit down with guests to dissect either an aspect of their work or an issue within the global, cultural, social, and political realms. In today's episode, I'm joined by Ifani Awachie to review the landmark Africa Fashion Exhibition at the Brooklyn Museum in New York. Ifani is a Nigeria-born, Atlanta-raised writer, curator, filmmaker, and scholar. She's the writer and director of This Thing Is Not For You, produced by Watts' Productions, which has screened at several film festivals in the U.S. Ifani previously worked as assistant curator at London's Institute of Contemporary Arts. She has given talks, lectures, and sat on panels at the New School, the Slade School of Fine Arts, the Royal College of Arts, SOAS University of London, and Tate Modern. She is currently a PhD candidate in cinema studies at NYU Tisch School of the Arts. Africa Fashion is the largest ever exhibition, charting the global impact of African fashions from the 1950s to date. The exhibition, first shown at the Victoria and Albert Museum in London last year, features over 40 designers and artists from Africa and its diasporas. Over 180 items, including garments, sketches, catwalk footage, and music, depict how Africa's influential sartorial language has been crafted. We discuss how we felt about certain curatorial decisions, what we enjoyed and disliked, what we would have done differently, the legacies of the exhibition, and more. Hey, Ifani. Hey, How are you today? <laughs> I'm great. I'm excited to get into this with you. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for um, honoring my invitation. I feel like this is long overdue. Yeah, yeah. It's nice to share with a broader audience. <laughs> great. So when you found out about the Africa Fashion Show, what mm-hmm. were your expectations? Yeah. Well, my first thought was that, oh, there's going to be a lot of color because we know that ever since Ankara became a bit more mainstream globally about 10 years ago, I would say, you know, I remember being in, I was like halfway through college at that time. And I remember um, not only on my campus, but um, in uh, the wider world. And I think even on TV a little bit, although maybe that was in uh, later years and definitely at like Afropunk and in certain spaces, like everybody was wearing Ankara, not just like Nigerians, you know, as a Nigerian, like that's what we wore to cultural events, community events. But, um, you know, over the past 10 years, I would say um, I started to see a shift where even if you had no immediate connection to Nigerian heritage, West African heritage, African heritage, um, then um you, you were still potentially looking to Ankara to create looks. Um, and so uh, I was thinking of Ankara, I was thinking of color, I was thinking of other places, which are hard to pinpoint in this moment, but other places where I'd seen African fashion kind of be um, 
discussed or framed. And it was always kind of defined as like this colorful um, uh, range of clothing or this colorful fashion tradition. Actually, now that I think about it, I think there was an African fashion exhibition at um, the, uh, I think it's the Philadelphia Museum of Fine Art um, in maybe like 2015, 2016. And I went to that and it was very much about Ankara. <laughs> so I was like, okay, so I, I expect to see a lot of color. Um, and I definitely um, was curious to see how the exhibition would kind of push back against uh, that one-dimensional view of African fashion or not. I was like, are they going to address it? Is it going to be a really basic exhibition where they just embrace embrace this idea that, oh, African fashion means lots of prints and um, particularly like warm colors, right? Yellows, reds, like those colors we associate with Africa. Or are they going to push back against that in some way or, or um, make an interesting argument about African fashion or an interesting statement. Um, so those were the, those were some of the things I was thinking about. Yeah. Very, very interesting. Um, mm -hmm. I think I also share that expectation with you. Um, mm -hmm. obviously expected to see color because somehow it has become the default representation of, of mm -hmm. African fashion mm -hmm. or for that matter, even just anything visual connected yeah. to Africa. It's, it's kind of become the you know the the blue not the blueprint but the, yeah the default rep representation i i also me personally i expected to see mm -hmm. um because it's africa fashion from when i read the description of the show mm -hmm. i also expected to see a comprehensive survey mm -hmm. of the various elements of of, mm -hmm. of the fashion ecosystem yeah. within the context of, of fashion from Africa. Mm -hmm. um, so, for example, I expected to see uh, media, fashion media dress, um, fashion shows, mm -hmm. and I also expected them to use various medium yeah. and to see design and fashion take the form of in different elements, be yeah. it jewelry, be it um, accessories. Mm -hmm. um, and I also, I think I also expected them to show us, uh, you know, for for instance, uh, like um, the development of of mm -hmm. of say a garment from conceptualization yeah. to finish. Mm. Um, yeah, so I I think I had a lot of expectations. Oh yeah, coming up, I did. Yeah, as you should, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, okay, so so when you walked in. Yeah. What were your initial feelings? What yeah. were your, your thoughts? Yeah. I was like, okay, Miriam Makeba. Okay, cool. That's like an iconic photo. I love her dress in that photo. Um, but I was surprised. I was surprised to see the exhibition start with this iconic musician, you know, when we're talking about African fashion. And I suppose if I were curating the show, I would pick a moment where um, a, a noted African musician like Miriam Makeba was wearing like a, a noted designer. And I don't know that in that image she was, I could be wrong. I could, I could be misremembering or have not noted too closely who she was wearing. But, you know, as we're talking about this exhibition and as I'm, you know, critiquing it, um, unfortunately, I keep thinking, okay, what would happen in a Western fashion exhibition? And 
I feel that in a West, in a, in a, in an exhibition on Western fashion or, um, in other fashion exhibitions I've seen, I'm thinking of the Mugler show, for example, you know, um, there's a focus on the designer and that's really where that's really what the the definition of fashion in these shows rests on. It's about certain designers, usually who are the heads of leading European fashion houses. Right. Um, Cause that's really what fashion hinges on is these European houses that have been um, uh, established for decades. I'm um, not saying that's right, but I'm saying that's the way it is. Right. So I'm, so I was thinking like, how does this, um, relate to African fashion. And I would love for us to talk about, about this. I, I was confused when I uh, began to move through the exhibition about how fashion was being defined. And I think in preparation for today, I was asking myself, how do, how do, like, why does this jar so much with my definition of fashion? How do I define fashion? Right. And why did this show feel so different from that? And so for me, I think fashion is aspirational, right? There's there's an element of fashion that it's not just clothes, it's it's aspirational clothes, it's aspirational looks and outfits, right? There's something that makes it not just like everyday, things you would wear every day, but um, clothes that you either wear to aspirational events or clothes that are in themselves aspirational because of their quality, their price, the creativity, the craftsmanship of the clothes, right? then fashion is exclusive unfortunately like it's exclusive because of the price point it's exclusive because of who gets to wear it you know um and it's fanciful it's not just clothes that are for function like clothes that you would wear to uh just go to work or um clothes that you're wearing because they're practical it's clothes that are maybe not so practical but there's like an element of imagination um or or whimsy um that the clothes have right and so um, as we started to move through the show, I was like, hmm, they probably should have called this fashion, African fashion, textiles and clothes and costumes, <laughs> right? Because there was this range of clothes included um, that uh, ranged from like everyday clothes to really beautiful designs by designers, some of which I'd never heard of before, some that I had known and loved and I was so excited to see in the show. Um, but but yeah, it was this broad, I feel like there was this very broad definition of fashion that was being used and it wasn't even intentionally stated that it was broad, that there was a broader definition being used. So um, as I started moving through the show, I was I was a little confused um, and I felt like um, thinking about it now, I feel that it's problematic to have such a broad definition of fashion in the African context because it's suggesting that yeah, it's it's suggesting that in the African context, fashion is like no longer aspirational or no longer just aspirational. And if that is true, why? Like, why does that become the narrative in an African context, right? In a context where we we know that for so many people, life is not aspirational, but there are um, elite Africans, you know, just like there are anywhere um, in any group of people. There are creative Africans, right? Just like there are in any group of people. Um, there are people who are really interested um, in fashion as a as a uh, as an artistic medium, right? And so, why can't we apply the same definition definition of fashion in the African context? I felt I felt like that needed to be all of this needed to be grappled with, and it wasn't. Um, yeah. And I had other thoughts, but definitely when I first walked in, I thought, okay, how are we defining fashion here? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you've said a lot. I want to 
kind of spend time <laughs> taking apart. Um, so when you say that, um, the way I'm hearing it is you're mm-hmm. saying that in a Western show, mm-hmm. you would just have like a focus on the clothes and the design element. Mm-hmm. You would also have, this is for what I'm getting from what you're saying, you would mm-hmm. have that historical, socio-political context, Yeah, but it would be um, very much in line with the fashion history, like and match yeah. together. Um, mm-hmm. Is that what you meant? Yeah, essentially, yeah. Like I'm thinking um, again of the Mugler show at the Brooklyn Museum, and I'm thinking, okay, where can I find an equivalent moment in that show to the Miriam McCabe moment in the African fashion show? And in and in the Mugler show, I remember you know, one of many moments we could look to that are comparable, but different, right? Like there were, there's a beautiful photo in that show of Grace Jones wearing a Mugler um, design. And so I'm thinking that makes sense because this is um, showing, this is speaking to who wore this designer. This is speaking to where these designs showed up in um, the culture, um, where they showed up in pop culture, where they showed up in music and cutting edge music, actually, because at the time Grace Jones was much more, um, cutting edge avant-garde, right? And then Mugler dressed a ton of musicians. Um, and we saw those those stage costumes, right? Made by this fashion designer. And so I feel like looking at the African fashion show, um, we did get designers, but the focus wasn't on the designer. The designer wasn't centered. Um, there was this broad kind of look at, you know, um, as I say before, like uh costumes for the stage, you know, things that performers wore, but were not necessarily like by leading designers. Right. And then there was this focus um, to give another example on like traditional, like textile, like practices of making textiles. Right. Which is all fine. Um, But I'm just, it left me feeling confused about, you know, is this fashion or are we talking about something broader and why aren't we acknowledging that? Okay. Yeah. So you, you felt, um, so initially you felt confused. Yeah. And I think I, I did share that, um, element of confusion too, but Mm -hmm. I will get to that later. I also Mm -hmm. want to talk about, Mm -hmm. I'm just curious about your, your point on the inclusion of everyday clothes. Mm -hmm. Um, because me personally, I felt like there was in a sense of balance. Mm -hmm. There's so many, I, I thought like, there, were, there was an inclusion of garments by many leading designers. Yeah. Uh, Lisa Fulawi or, you know, Chris Aydou, yeah. some I'd never heard of, like uh, Dave yeah. Thomas Plum. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm just, I just wanted you to spend some time talking about the, the inclusion of everyday clothes and what you meant by that. Yeah, sure. So I'm thinking of like the, um, the some of the studio photography and some of the street photography that was included in the show i was just thinking okay here i think there is some nuance to draw out about when we're talking about fashion and when we're talking about style right style is more accessible to everyone you know anyone can have style right but i just think fashion is like this slightly different thing it's this different mode of dressing it's these other clothes that um, like I said before, you know, they have a certain price point, they're made by certain people. And so to have like 
these kind of like style moments in the show that's framed as an African fashion show, um, my cynical mind was like, okay, but why is, why is this considered fashion? Why is this considered fashion in this context? Right. Are they saying that in Africa, like, you know, anything can be fashion and like, why not hold fashion to a rigorous standard in Africa? Like it is everywhere else. Right. And um, I want to, you know, be careful as I'm saying this, because I don't want it to sound like um, I'm defending the fact that like, oh, not everybody should have access to fashion. That's not what I'm saying. Um, But as someone who's like, uh, you know, not, not in the fashion industry by any means, but someone who's very interested in fashion and who follows designers and who um, like you, right. is just a fan of like fashion and, and, and these incredible clothes. Um, it's, it's strange to see that world, which is so particular, the fashion world, um, and to understand its parameters and then see the show, which really seems to, um, create a a different, a different sense of what those parameters are without explaining that it's doing that. But I agree with you. I think there was a balance. There was definitely a balance between, um, the everyday clothes and the fashion. I just think that, um, I wanted more explanation as to, um, okay, we're including these, these clothes and this is the intention behind that. Right. That's a lot more clear for me. And right. um, I think I can resonate with that too. Like I said, I too was confused when I walk in mm-hmm. and the reason I was confused was, mm-hmm. so in addition to this Miriam Makiba, yeah. you know, um, which, by the way, I didn't pay much attention to. It's an iconic mm-hmm. photo, as you said. That mm-hmm. wasn't really an issue for me. Yeah. I was more confused by all the the, the text and mm-hmm. the images on, on African African countries gaining independence, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the various arts festivals around the continent, mm-hmm. and Africanism, that whole section. Yeah. I was very confused. Absolutely. Um, I know I know why they did it. Mm-hmm. To basically give us context, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I just felt like yeah. it was a bit disjointed from the rest of the show. Mm-hmm. And and I I'm I'm a strong believer in giving context all the time. Yeah. I believe it's very important. So I I would have preferred for them to have that historical context, political mm-hmm. con- historical political context, mm-hmm. alongside its implications on fashion, yeah. Yeah. or in tandem with fashion history mm-hmm. um, in on the continent. And granted, the way we 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 you know we think about history on the continent is not in this linear western year where we're going to be like oh this is the first designer and yeah in 1957 such and such happened i know that's not the way and that's not what i'm suggesting mm-hmm. um, what i'm saying when i and when i say that i would have preferred it to be placed alongside fashion history is how you know, it influenced the development of fashion, which I felt yeah. like they just brushed over. I don't feel like they went in depth on that. Um, yeah. So what, what what do you think? Yeah, I totally agree with you. And we've talked about this before um, and I've been reflecting on it since. And yeah, I reflecting on it now. 
okay, let me first say that, yeah, when, when I, you know, entered the um, exhibition properly and saw all of the context regarding independence and um, the other kind of creative movements that were happening in music, um, particularly and in literature too, I was thinking, okay, this is very interesting. Um, but number one, this feels like uh, it's speaking to uh, a non-African audience. Um, and let me be more specific and say that may have been um, an effort to uh, even center members of the diaspora who may not know that history, right? But it didn't feel like the people who probably know most about African fashion were being centered in that moment because, I mean, you and I probably knew, knew a little bit of that history, right? Going in, you know, as fans of fashion, as Africans, um, as, you know, I'm, I want to, you know, um, own my particular uh, positionality and say I'm first generation as well. So I grew up here. Um, but I felt like the exhibition wasn't speaking to me in that moment. And that was the very beginning of the show. So I already felt like, okay, this is speaking to other people. <laughs> and that didn't feel great. It's an African fashion show. I would imagine that um, Africans would be imagined as at least part of that audience, if not a central part of that audience. But maybe that speaks more to how I think about curating. Um, and I actually expected, I expected that the exhibition wouldn't speak to an insider audience. And so sadly, that expectation came true. Anyway, back to the context. So I was confused by the context. Uh, like you were kind of saying, I I think it could have been interesting if it was, if, if the connections and the impact on fashion was more clear. Um, but it felt like it, it felt like the exhibition was saying, before we get to the fashion, we have to talk about all this stuff. And I just wonder if we would, if we, if we frame Western fashion in the same way, right? Like, why is it that when it comes to Africa, we have to talk about colonialism first, right? It's, it's, it happened, it's important. And so we can acknowledge it, but maybe it didn't need to take up that much space, um, especially when the connections to fashion were not made clear. Um, I mean, by the time we got to the flags, I was thinking, what does this have to do with anything? <laughs> flags are not art. In my opinion, flags are not fashion. Um, it just felt like there was so much being stuffed into the show from the very beginning. And that is a trend across African um, exhibitions, at least certain types of African um, exhibitions, um, uh, non-monographic exhibitions, by which I mean, um, they're not, not talking about shows that focus on like one artist and really go in depth, but survey exhibitions that are focusing on many artists or many periods, et cetera. And I think it's really harmful. It just continues to perpetuate this idea that like Africa is just this like jumbled, buzzing, teeming um, entity, right? This messy entity that we have to contend with. And actually there can be specificity and clarity when we talk about Africa. So anyway, that was, that's part of what I think about that and reflecting on it since then, I do think, like I said, that it, it would be okay to include a little bit of that context. Um, but I think that it was so heavy. It felt very heavy, um, especially when it's the first thing you encounter in the show, the VNA curator said in, um, an NYT review of the show that clothing has a political dimension. And it leads me to think, why, 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 why is that true <laughs> for you in the African context? Like, 
Do we say that in other contexts? I mean, to a degree, yes, clothing has a politics. I mean, even if I'm looking at um, fashion specifically, I could say you could argue that Dolce & Gabbana has a political dimension, you know, and it's a politics of racism, right? They've been accused or they've been guilty of so many racist designs, you know, over the years. So that is a politics, that's a political dimension. But I don't think that, I don't think politics is foregrounded in fashion from other parts of the world, the way that it was foregrounded in this exhibition on African fashion. And I just want to know why, <laughs> like, if we really need to conceive of African fashion differently, then explain why, you know? I think we put that very eloquently. Um, first of all, I strongly believe everything is political. Mm -hmm. But as you've said, I also don't understand why. And it's not just with fashion, it's with art as well. Mm -hmm. um, with music, mm -hmm. you know? I just always struggle with fashion and visual culture and music mm -hmm. from the continent being boxed into this political mode. Even right. though, again, as I've said, everything is political, but there's mm -hmm. a specific way it's done with, yeah. with, with this kind of, with cultures from, with visual cultures and music from Africa. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that that's why I was like again very confused by that and mm -hmm. um, I appreciate the fact that they didn't focus on colonialism mm -hmm. and they just focused on the context they gave us was like post-colonialism oh. which is great again mm -hmm. but yeah I just yeah. feel like they needed to you know draw out the connections with fashion as opposed yeah. to just giving us that context. And I was just so, I was like, wait, mm -hmm. I had to keep reminding myself that I'm at the Africa fashion show, basically. Right. Because that section is actually quite big. It's extensive too. Mm -hmm. And um, I also think that um, to your point about, you know, not feeling centered, I mm -hmm. hear you. I mm -hmm. hear what you're saying. Um, but I do feel like there are Afri uh, like other Africans, even mm -hmm. not just diasporan Africans, but mm -hmm. continental Africans, many who don't know this history. So mm -hmm. I think that that is very important. Because yeah. even, even though you go to school on the continent, like, I can speak from my experience. A lot of the yeah. things I only learned like, as an adult because mm -hmm. um, of the way where our education systems are modeled on colonialism. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, th there was that. And I, I really think we need to move away from this political mode. Personally, it's, it's yeah. jarring. Because I think it's about imagination. It's as if to say it's not enough to talk about like the creative processes of these designers. We have to address politics and power and... Uh, we we have to we have to fill the space with so much else because there's not enough there. Um, if we only talk about like creativity, you know, and I and I think creativity is so robust. Like there's so much to talk about, and there's so many ways to talk about it. Um, so yeah, it confuses me when in a in a show on African um, artistic practice, African creativity. Um, it becomes scaffolded with with all these other things, these other ways of thinking and doing, you know? Okay. Yeah, I agree with you. I strongly agree with you. Mm. So, so as you, you 
see more of the exhibition mm-hmm. as we leave that, you know, the first section of the exhibition with the political historical context. Mm-hmm. What are you thinking? What are you feeling? Mm-hmm. Is there anything memorable yeah. for you? Yeah, so I start to feel more interested and excited as I move into the exhibition and, you know, finally we get to the fashion. Um, I remember one of the first sections is on um, uh, uh, designers in the kind of years just after... The the Vanguard, right? And I loved learning about designers that I hadn't heard of before and the way that Sade Thomas Pham was like modernizing the gele and and rappers and like traditional dress for the modern woman. I mean, that was really interesting. Um, and I thought, okay, this is what I came for. This is this is what I wanted to to see and hear and experience. I wanted to learn more about African fashion. I wanted to know about the history of African fashion that I may not know. So um, I started to feel like, okay, this is where the exhibition is starting to sing. And there were a couple um, memorable moments um, and and aspects of the show um, that I really enjoyed. Um, This is the only picture I took in the show. And I'm going to show you and like describe it for people listening. Um, But this was in the kind of section on studio photography. Um, And I just loved this moment. It was part of this... um, a bigger frame of of photos from a particular studio. I don't think I noted the photographer even, but I found it so um, kind of uh, quirky and and experimental. This image is an image of a woman with a beautiful braided hairstyle. Um, And it's like a small photo um, by the looks of it. Um, But her face is repeated in the photo as if it's almost like seen through a kaleidoscope. And I just thought that's so interesting and like unexpected, you know, um, alongside, you know, these other great images of, you know, African style again. Um, but I just thought that is so weird and like, I love it. It's, it's just so, it was so different and so quirky. So that was an extremely memorable moment for me. Um, and, um, I think the studio or not the studio photography, but the family photography, the the photos from people's family archives was another moment that I really liked, even though before I was like questioning why, why those kinds of images of, of, of clothes were included. But um, I think they were important because they showed this fashion context, you know, not a political context, but a fashion context, a style context, the context of what were people wearing around the world, right. During these periods that the, exhibition focuses on. Um, I especially loved the photos that showed the influence of the Black Power era on Africans and Africans in the diaspora. Um, That really felt like a moment where I started to get a picture of like what was going on throughout Black communities around the world, throughout Black Black populations around the world in terms of dress. And I would have loved for them to show more about like, how did these these trends trickle up and trickle down, right? Like how did... um, uh, what what people were wearing, especially Black people, members of the diaspora in America, did that influence what people were wearing and what designers were making on the continent and vice versa? That's the kind of um, context I would love because we know that that's how fashion works, right? Like in the West, like what you see on the runways trickles down to what you can get at H&M. And then what people are wearing, especially Black people are wearing on the street, fashion houses co-opt that, right? There's this like back and forth and so that's the kind of context I would have loved more of. But I do feel like some of the photos from people's personal archives started to give us glimpses of that. 
Um, and then I also, I think one place where the exhibition was really strong was where um, they they paired or grouped objects from the museum's collection and contemporary um, adornments, as they say. And I loved being surprised to find that like a contemporary statement necklace was almost um, like you almost couldn't tell the difference between uh, that necklace and a piece from like the 20th century. Like they, they, you couldn't tell which one was from which period because the the similarities were so strong. Um, I thought that was really fun. Um, and so, so yeah, that's kind of some of what I was, what I was thinking as I was, as I started to get deeper into the show. Yeah. 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 I, I also, for me, the, the family collection, that was mm-hmm. probably, that's definitely one of my strongest mm-hmm. elements of the exhibition because mm-hmm. in that moment I felt like, this exhibition is really centered in the community mm-hmm. and it felt very participatory. Um, mm-hmm. So I loved, loved, loved that element, even the, the photos included. Mm-hmm. And also, um, so I know the curators in an interview with WNYC, they yeah. talk about the exhibition being grounded in this notion of self-fattening. Mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. felt like in that family yeah. collection, section mm. that's where this this theme really you know stood out for me yeah and like you i love seeing um learning about designers i'd never heard of as i yeah. mentioned before like you know i'd never heard of Sade thomas Farm. Mm-hmm. um and seeing designers that i've loved and absolutely adore but i've mm. never seen their clothes in the flesh so mm-hmm. your right. Lisa Fuller Wheels, your Christopher yes. John Rogers. Yeah. And I also liked how the the curators um, made the decision to their definition of Africa was included mm-hmm. diaspora. They didn't say Africa mm-hmm. and its diasporas. Mm-hmm. I like that it was all one thing. Because mm-hmm. for me that is Africa. Mm-hmm. I don't really make the distinction between diasporas and you know, yeah. And it's all Africa. So I really, really appreciated that. Yeah. Um, I also felt like um, that I really enjoyed the, 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 the studio photography section. Yeah. And just in general, I felt like there was this um, intergenerational theme going on mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. in the sense of we had older artists mm-hmm. and older designers with, you know, the younger ones. Yeah. Um, I really, really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Although sometimes I felt like maybe they could have made stronger, they could have yeah. fleshed out the connections between, you know, the contemporary ones and yeah. the, like, the vanguard ones. But right. I felt like sometimes that came across and sometimes it didn't. Mm-hmm. So there's this, um, there's this photograph by Ib Kamara mm-hmm. that he took of, um, a Ghanaian model. Mm. I can't remember her name, mm-hmm. but she's wearing Chris Seydoux's clothes. So Chris right. Seydoux was a Malian designer. He yeah. passed away in 1994. Mm. But the clothes, the pieces that this model is wearing mm. actually belong to a muse of this designer. Oh, wow. And I just felt like this was just, yeah, that yeah. connection, that, Mm. Synergy, is synergy the word? Yeah, probably mm-hmm. synergy. Um, mm-hmm. The synergy there and 
even the photos themselves, they're so timeless. Mm-hmm. There, there's black and white portraits. And, yeah. Um, I took photos of them. Yeah. Um, they're so timeless. They're so elegant. And yeah, I really, really enjoyed the, the for me, those were like, aside from some of the clothes. Right. In mm-hmm. terms of the photography, those are the ones that really stood out to me. And mm-hmm. especially after I learned like the story of, of, of how this, it, it was actually a commission for the iteration of the exhibition in, at the V&A in London. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, those are the aspects that I, um, I enjoyed. Oh, and there was also this, mm-hmm. as you're leaving the mm-hmm. Vanguard section, there is, um, there's this section where they touch on how people on the continent, mm-hmm. we, and also like, not just on the continent, but just Africans in general, right. we, uh, we participate in the design process. So we'll see mm-hmm. a design, I don't know, we'll see something by, on Pinterest. Then yeah. we'll go to our, our seamstress or tailor right. Right. and tell them to recreate it. And then, you know, change a few mm-hmm. details here and there. Mm-hmm. So I really liked how they included that because for me, you can't talk about Africa fashion mm-hmm. without touching on that element. Mm. That's such a great point. And that's the kind of, that's the kind of um, detail and like characteristic feature of African fashion that I wish they had highlighted more and used to build a, a strong definition of African fashion and to show why it's different from Western fashion, right? Um, And there's fashion from other parts of the world too. I keep saying Western versus African because it's easy, but I just want to acknowledge that because yeah, it's like, because um, um, I know in Nigeria, like when you, when you want to, you know, dress for an event, you know, or when we went, when we visited Nigeria and, and wanted to get, you know, Ankara clothes made, we would go to a tailor and that process of like, designing your clothing as a buyer and having this skilled person hand craft the clothes for you and to your measurements like that is what separates those clothes tailored clothes from everyday clothes and mass-produced clothes right and that's what makes it fashion as opposed to cloth right or clothes right and i feel like that's the kind of thing that could have been um described at the beginning of the exhibition as one of maybe a number of features that make African fashion what it is. Right. Um, so that's, yeah, that's the kind of work that I, I, I think the curators could have done more of rather than bringing in, uh, you know, footage from Festac. <laughs> like we get it. Like it was a very stylish event, but like there's, there's, there's so much to say when you just focus on the clothes or when you just focus on this notion of fashion, does that, hopefully that makes sense. It absolutely makes sense. Yes, there is. There is. I feel like, again, like you've said, there's mm-hmm. those elements that they could have spent more time on as mm-hmm. opposed to some things that just honestly, I, I just left me baffled, absolutely baffled. Yeah. Um, Okay, so I, I know I've already touched on the, the, the political context and us not feeling that, uh, that curatorial decision. Mm-hmm. I was wondering whether there are other curatorial decisions that you just didn't like. Mm. Um, I want to talk about the um, live program a little bit. Um, I, I would have loved for the show to connect 
a bit more to the fashion world. And um, I think that one way they could have done that is through the live program. And um, what I mean by that is um, if I were to curate the show, I would think about, okay, like how do we bring in not only designers, but the people who, who mediate fashion, right? Like I would have loved to have someone like Lindsay Peoples Wagner or Lindsay Peoples, um, uh, like do a talk, you know, someone who's been a fashion editor for a long time, someone who's part of the diaspora. Um, I don't think she focuses on African fashion. So if there was someone who, um, was was a journal a fashion journalist or fashion writer i would have loved to have them be part of the show somehow and i think one way that they could be included um is through the public program through an event um i would have really um like wanted to know what people in the fashion world thought of african fashion um would definitely have wanted to get some experts in but also there's so many, it's, it's, it's a show in New York, right? And there's so many people, um, in the fashion world in New York who I think, um, I would have loved to, to invite, to see the show, comment on it, share their knowledge. Um, and I think that could have, that could have happened through the events around, around the exhibition. Um, I remember going to a talk with Recho Omandi and Martine Rose in London years ago, and that was so fabulous. And I learned so much from them being in conversation. So more talks with designers. Um, actually, I don't think they had any talks with designers. I know on the opening, they, they had an event with Rennie Folawio and Kane Wiley. And I think, I think that was a missed opportunity to have some designers come and talk about their practice, right? Um, the same way that you would have artists come and talk about their practice um, in the context of an art exhibition. Um, and then I was thinking about the first Saturday's event that happened um, in conjunction with the show. And um, I know they showed um, a film, they showed Black Girl. And I thought, why not show Mother of George, you know? that shot by a fashion photographer why not why not choose a film that um engages the the fashion world or or has styling that really draws from like leading designers or um a film that where the costume design really shines an african film where the costume design really shines and then um at the first saturdays too they had um kind of african per percussion and african dance performances and workshops no, <laughs> for so many, for so many reasons, um, I really shy away from, um, uh, these kind of, uh, uh, kind of engagements with African music, if that makes sense. So, so yeah, for so many reasons, I really shy away from these particular engagements with African music and dance, um, especially in the context of like contemporary creative practices. I, I question the impulse to always go back to like African drumming, um, for example. Um, I, I think that there's so much um, contemporary and not to say that African drumming is not contemporary because it's evolved, you know, over, over the decades, over the, you know, centuries and it continues to evolve. So it, so it is rooted in tradition, but it is contemporary. But I personally, because of my interests, I would have loved to, to have, you know, um, performances by contemporary African musicians, you know, um, and if there needed to be a movement element, um, you know, a dance element, I think that I would have been more interested to see a contemporary designer 
present their work in a creative way, like to work with models to present their work. I know when we talked about the show, uh, I, I said, oh, it'd be great. It would be a great opportunity to have a fashion show at the museum. Um, and I suppose that could still be, that could still be interesting, but I think that having a one-off fashion show outside of the fashion weeks, that would, that would feel like the show was doing something very different from what the fashion world does. And my whole goal here in thinking about how the live program was used is to think about how could the live program align the exhibition with what's, what the fashion world does and what's going on in the fashion world. Um, and so I don't know about having a, a proper runway show, but I think that there are so many interesting ways to work with models. Um, and so I would have, I would have loved to collaborate with um, a fashion designer to um, present the clothes in this moving presentation of some kind. Um, I did that years ago with Wale Oyejide um, uh, from Akira Jones, the designer who made the scarves that you see in Black Panther at the very end. <laughs> so when, when I was curating um, Africa Salon wow. at Yale, we had him come and do a fashion show. Yeah. And um, I say fashion show um, with conditions because it wasn't like a, it wasn't a fashion week show, but um, that was a really, really cool experience. And I would love to, to work with a designer in, in that way and, and kind of push, push both of us to think about what are ways to present clothes with live models outside of just the runway show model or the, yeah. Um, and then I know the program for the exhibition also has a, they have a clothing swap coming up and I'm just like, again, are we talking about fashion or are we talking about clothes? <laughs> are we talking about style or are we talking about fashion? So um, I would have, I would have really wanted to somehow um, make the show feel really connected to the fashion world and to people who are actively engaged in that world and then find a way to also make it accessible to everyone. And I think that one thing I realized in reflecting on the show is that this is the Brooklyn Museum. So a huge part of their work is um, having a strong relationship with the community and making what they do really accessible to the community. So I think that that probably is why um, the show's notion of African fashion is as uh, inclusive and accessible as it is. Um, but I feel like there could be, there could somehow be more of a balance between like um, making it accessible and also saying to the community, hey, we're going to take this opportunity to really give you a feel for how the fashion world really is. Because the fashion world is exciting and a lot of people don't get to experience it. But how dope would it be to have talks with like fashion editors and designers and have like a beautiful cocktail reception and um, invite people to like buy something from the shop or recreate a look from the shop and attend, you know, I don't know. I think I, I'm still thinking through how exactly to articulate what I'm trying to say here, but that's what I was thinking about, how to make it more connected to the fashion world. Yeah, and, and speaking of, of the shop, um, that's actually one of the things I forgot to mention that I loved about yes. the exhibition. I thought it was very thoughtfully curated and mm -hmm. um, it had such a great selection, even of some designers who weren't necessarily in the show. Mm -hmm. um, which I really, I think they smashed it with the, the shop. Mm -hmm. um, I think that was the first time I saw a shop mm -hmm. um, as part of the curation, basically. Mm -hmm. That was my first experience with that, which I, I think at this point I can't say until I 
the other shows, I think that is a case study, a great case study. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, for those that don't know, the so the shop is um, curated by Alara, which is a luxury concept store based out of Lagos, Nigeria. Yes, the shop was actually one of my favorite parts of the show, um, like you said. And and I remember you went to the show first and then you told me about it and you said the shop especially was great. And that's I, I remember saying to you, like, that's the thing I'm most excited to see today when I was going to the show. And it did not disappoint. It was beautiful. I think it was very well curated, like you said. And that's one of the elements that did connect the show directly to the fashion world. Like you could actually participate by buying the clothes um and if you can't afford the clothes i mean i can't i couldn't afford the clothes um like christopher john rogers speaking of him like he said on a recent episode of your favorite auntie podcast the new podcast he was like you can recreate the silhouettes like that's one way to be a cjr um squirrel (laughs) it's like if if um the clothes aren't accessible yet just recreate the look, you know, on your own. And I think that's what um, many of us who are interested in fashion and are excluded by fashion economically do. Like we um, look to the runways, we study the trends, we study, you know, the styles, and then we um, create them ourselves. And I think that's an incredibly powerful form of self-fashioning to the exhibition's point, right? Um, So... Uh, I really, I really had fun in the shop, trying things on, looking at not only clothes, but like home goods and everything. And then um, I loved what Renny Falawio said in the Vogue um, piece on the show, where she said it's a living version of the exhibition. Um, And like you said, I think that, or the the shop, unlike other um, exhibition gift shops, felt so connected to the exhibition um, in just that way. Like it felt like this extension, this seamless extension of the, of the show that was interactive. Um, And it was, it was amazing to have access to um, designers in the show and designers who may not have been in the show, but that um, we may have heard about elsewhere um, and designers from the continent that you, that are not stocked by other other stores here. So yeah, I think that was a, a major, major strong point of the show. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and just to go back on, you know, go back to the point of the curatorial decisions that mm-hmm. I didn't like. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would have wanted to see more editorial photography. I don't feel like yeah. there was enough of that mm-hmm. um, alongside the studio stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, there was a little section towards the exit of the exhibition on that featured publications on mm-hmm. Africa fashion. Yeah, I think there was a rise. There was um, I can't remember the other magazine, but mm. um, I just left my head. But yeah, yeah they're just like a handful. Mm-hmm. I would have expected the section to be much bigger mm-hmm. and detailed. Yeah. But I wanted to see a more detailed exploration of, mm-hmm. of fashion media from Africa, um, its impact and how it fits into this theme of self-fashioning. Yeah. You know, how has media, how has the media been used to construct and convey style identities? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I would have really wanted to see that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's such an important point. Like the media plays a huge role in fashion in any context. So 
Yeah, I think that's, I think there, there could have been a much bigger presence of African fashion media in the show. And this goes to what I was saying about, this is, this is probably why I was so curious to see fashion journalists be incorporated too. Like they play such a central role. Mm-hmm. Yes. And also for me, again, this goes back to my expectations of the show. Mm-hmm. I expected it, this um, exhibition to consider various elements of the fashion ecosystem. Yeah. For me, a something that was glaringly missing was mm. the impact, the influence of models from the continent. Yeah. You know, the continent mm. has produced so many iconic models. Yes. Alec Weck, Amita yes. Lagoon, mm. um, Oluchi. Mm. Um, for me, you can't talk about the influence of African fashion without talking about models. Yes. So I would have loved to see that. I would have loved to see how that, how models on the continent have kind of developed. So like, for instance, I mm. found that, um, I guess I was, I couldn't believe that they didn't talk about the Mnet face of Africa, mm. which was a model competition. Mm. And it first started in, I think the first iteration was in 1997. Mm-hmm. And um, the winner was the iconic Oluchi, actually. Wow. So what, mm. what would happen is it was a model competition. They would go around, they would have regional competitions, north, mm-hmm. south. I don't know they did north. I can't remember. But they mm. definitely did west, east, south. North, I'm yeah. not sure. Uh-huh. And then out of the original, the ones who, like a number of participants who make it through the original ones, mm-hmm. go to the final one, the final showcase. Got it. And the winner would win a, a contract with elite model management. Wow. But then it was also an opportunity for designers on the continent to showcase um, mm-hmm. creations. So they would make creations specifically for this, the grand finale. Oh. Yeah, I remember watching it as a little girl. Yeah. I, I do remember watching the one that Oluchi won. I was mm-hmm. really into it. Yeah. So I just found it bizarre that they omitted that. I would have really right. wanted to see that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, thank you for telling, for sharing about that, for telling me about that and sharing about that here. Cause yeah, I, I didn't know anything about that, that show. And it sounds really consequential. Without it. Well, yeah. okay. I can't really say that. <laughs> I don't know how to say it without mm. being, I don't know how to frame this, but without it. Yeah. Without mm. it, we probably wouldn't know of Lucci. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So I just found that bizarre that mm-hmm. they didn't touch on African models. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So then how did you feel after you left the exhibition? Yeah, well, for one thing, I was tired. I mean, it took me an hour and a half to get through everything at a pace that felt comfortable. And so that's an hour and a half on your feet. And that just speaks to how much was included in this show. Um I think that um, it's great. It's great that the show got so much space that any African show got so much space. But I think that with, with these shows, um, these like large scale shows on like African arts and creativity and black art. um, I'm also thinking of the, 
much smaller, but equally as kind of um, uh, stuffed or <laughs> um, busy um, uh, show at uh, the Met called um, Before Yesterday We Could Fly. Um, it's an Afrofuturist period room. That show also felt like, oh, there's so much here and it's being um, stuffed into this space. And and at that in the at the Met, that show is, is kind of crowded into a small space, and this one is crowded into a large space. But um, but yeah, um, the fact that there was so much in this case just uh, was something that I could literally feel physically, right? And I think that um, on the one hand, I want um, African exhibitions to have a lot of space, but there's a way in which this show felt like, you know, we don't know when our next show on African art is going to be. So we have to like crowd it all into this one. Right. And I think that what would be even more progressive would be to have multiple shows on African fashion, maybe a series of exhibitions where maybe you focus on one designer, maybe you focus on one one country or one type of garment or one one process, you know, and really go in depth um, and I want to give credit to a curator I was speaking to yesterday briefly about the show who really got me to, to think about that, that maybe a, a more monographic approach to African fashion would be better. Like maybe, maybe a focus on, uh, maybe getting more specific, but going more in depth would be, would be better. Right. Um, and I did feel a little like underwhelmed, um, when I finished it because, partly because of what we we're saying at the beginning of the conversation about the heavy context in the, in the beginning of the show. Um, I feel like that weight was not kind of balanced by an equal um, space to kind of draw conclusions about African fashion or to um, restate the show's central argument. And I'm not sure what the show's central argument was. I think the central argument was African fashion is diverse, which yeah, sure. Right. Um, but I feel like it, it felt like such a heavy beginning. And, th and then at the end, I felt like I was just ushered into the shop, if that makes sense. Um, but overall, I think that I think I looking back on the experience, I mean, it was it was some words I would use to describe it um, are like upbeat. It was a very upbeat show between the colors and the music. Right. Um, I did have some moments that were really beautiful. Um, like I said, with some of the like um, jewelry and the studio photography. Um, so I really appreciated having those moments. Um, but yeah, I don't think I was left with a sense of ah, like satisfaction overall. Yeah. Um, I hear that. Um, I, yeah, I needed about two hours to get through it. Yeah. And yes, they do. I know that again, going back to what one of the curators said, and it's mm -hmm. in white, me fetu. Mm -hmm. She says that um, what the exhibition, when it's done, um, this is a direct quote from her mm -hmm. uh, in an interview again that she did with WNYC. Mm -hmm. What the exhibition really does is give the visitor a window into the diversity of histories, whether it's mm -hmm. political histories, textile histories, and uses that as a groundwork to engage with how fashion and the notion of self-fashioning is articulated by a number of different communities from a number of spaces on the African continent. 
do a number of visual representations from fashion, visual arts, music, film, photography. Mm. So yes, um, you, you did correctly mention that, you know, they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're trying to portray the diversity, but mm-hmm. also again, the, the self-notioning aspect. Yeah. Um, do you, how do you feel about this aim? Do you feel like the exhibition achieved this? I think um, definitely. I mean, I was just left with a sense of like, there was so much and there was so much that was, that was different. Right. Um, And this aim to speak of fashion and self-fashioning is really interesting in this quote. I think that the curators really needed to uh, include that self-fashioning piece in order to justify a lot of the things that were included in the show to go back to what I started out saying, like I I'm talking about including everyday clothes and style photography, in addition to including hair. I mean, I question the inclusion of JD Okai Ojekere's um, portraits of traditional hairstyles because is that fashion? Right. Um, but that does fit under the banner of self-fashioning. And those are beautiful photographs, by the way, I'm not even critiquing them at all, but but yeah, I think the show managed to like include and slip in a lot of elements, a lot of non-fashion elements because they framed it as self-fashioning and that's fine. I just think that I, I, I wish that had, I wish the show had been framed that way from the beginning, you know? Um, and again, it's like, okay, I can see, I can see in like a high, high fashion context, Western fashion context, like, um, attention being given to generally how people fashion themselves generally, you know, what's the self-fashioning that's happening, but when it's in an African context and you're suddenly calling everything fashion, it really makes me think critically to and, and cynically to say, why, why do this in an African context? Like what's, what, what vision of Africa are you operating under that causes you to do this? Like, are you tacitly, saying that African fashion is not in itself sufficient in itself to talk about and you and you have to include all these other things or are you saying that in Africa anything can be considered fashion I, I feel like I keep saying the same thing but I think it's really important like um let's be really really clear about our definitions right so um I think they they achieve their goal um but I I wonder about I still, I still have questions about their overall approach. And the last thing I'll say about this on this question is that I, I recognize that they have a hard job. They inherited this show from the VNA. It was someone else's show. They're working with um, a structure, a framework that someone else came up with. Um, and they're doing their best to make it their own and present it for their local context in Brooklyn. Um, and I'm sure they, I'm sure given that they did a great job. Um, but yeah, just coming to it as a visitor with some knowledge of of fashion in Africa, with some knowledge of fashion in the West, like, um, and with like, you know, a curator's perspective too. Um, yeah, it left me with these questions. Yeah, under- understandably. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had the privilege of seeing the one in London and mm-hmm. I feel like this one was just, first of all, the one in London is in a smaller space. Mm. Um, so there was a lot of new stuff and there was a lot of stuff that wasn't in the London stuff here mm-hmm. um, I can't even begin to speak about I don't I can't begin to speak about the shop in, in London it oh no the hot mess I think uh-huh. <laughs> for lack of a better word mm-hmm. um, 
but I feel like, yeah, they, they took what was in London and, you know, just they made it better, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I don't like to compare, but unfortunately yeah. in this instance, I have to, it's the same show, yeah. right? Yeah. But yeah, I feel like, and I do understand, um, I obviously have to be cognizant of, you know, the way funding works in, in New York versus London. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. a lot of cuts to the art sector in London. That's mm-hmm. probably a, a factor at play in why mm-hmm. the exhibition in London was a lot smaller and, mm-hmm. you know, didn't do what I had wanted it to do. Yeah. I am very um, cognizant of that context. Um, mm-hmm. And it's such a shame, you know, speaking to broader art issues within the art world, you know. Yeah. Like the, what, what funding and especially in this time where a lot of governments are cutting funding, Mm-hmm. And how it's just um, it, we're seeing it play out in in real time. Yeah, um, it's it's horrible to say the least. Especially yeah. from especially from a, a London perspective, mm-hmm. um, it, it was very clear to me that there was more funding available and mm-hmm. with the Brooklyn Museum show. Got it. Um, so yeah, okay. So we've spoken about how we've we felt after. Um, at the same, you know, you know what? Even though I was overwhelmed, I was yeah, I was just happy to see some. Like again, like I've never been Christopher John Rogers and right. learning about new designers too. Mm-hmm. That really, really um, inspired me and excited me. Mm-hmm. And the sh- and seeing the shop again, it's uh, I like when things push the envelope. So mm-hmm. seeing that be done. And yeah. just having that new possibility and seeing it, it yeah. was it was very beautiful. Yeah. But again, I had just all these. At the same time, I had this disappointment because mm-hmm. of you know some of the things I've spoken about earlier. Mm-hmm. Okay, so how do you feel the um, exhibition is going to shape the trajectory of 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 fashion from Africa? Yeah, I, I think this is a great question and I'm really unsure of the answer. Um, and I've been thinking about it a lot, but I think I'm unsure because of the broadness of the exhibition's argument, um, as, which, as we just said, seems to be that African, African fashion is diverse. That is, that is what they were trying to say, as we learned from that quote by Ernestine, um, White Mifetu. Um, and so I'm just not sure that that's a statement that really like shifts, um, our conception of African fashion. I mean, I think for some people that will be the, the show will be a revelation because they've just never encountered or thought about African fashion before. But if we're talking about the trajectory of fashion from Africa, I, I don't know that like designers on the continent or buyers, customers, consumers of fashion on the continent are going to be left with that argument and feel like it makes an impact, right? Because they know that African fashion is diverse or their idea of fashion is is very localized. It's specific to certain designers or it's specific to a certain country or region, right? Um, so I'm just not sure that the show is like gonna, sh- gonna cause a shift for that reason. Um, and then I've been talking a lot about designers and the centrality of designers or lack thereof um, in the show. And we, we the, the show did discuss um, 
many leading African designers. So I need to revise what I'm saying. But I think that the difference between this show and, for example, the Mugler show at, at the museum, which was so impactful because it really left me as someone who didn't know much about him um, or knew a little and had a sense of his significance and his genius, but didn't know the full extent, right? I was really left with uh, a, a deeper knowledge of his practice, how he conceived of his clothes, um, the different like eras over the course of his career, um, you know, certain certain specific dresses, for example, that he made or suits that he made that were really unique and like inspiring to me, right? And overall, I was left with the fact that like this this show is cementing the iconicness of this designer and his influence in the fashion world. Like he is really important, like to understand the, the so many movements in fashion, like you need to acknowledge Mugler's um, influence. That's, that's all of what I was left with after seeing that show. But then for this show, when it comes to the designers, obviously part of the reason why I'm not left with the same impact is because African fashion is still unfolding. We're talking about a huge uh, breadth of practices. And so there's not like as linear or as uh, direct or as clear a conclusion that we can come to about it. Right. Um, and then uh, there's, because there's so many designers included, it's not kind of cementing their place in fashion in the same way that the Mugler show did. Cause our attention is like divided among all of these different designers. Right. And then one thing that, um, uh the curator said um that i don't think the show really spoke to and and i would love to hear if you if you think it does do this um uh ernestine waimafetu said that the show shows how these elements um of african fashion laid the foundation for the radical transformation of global fashion so that would seem to mean that the show says something about the influence of African fashion on the fashion world as a whole. And that's something that I was kind of wondering if the show would show me, I would love, if that's true, I would love to know about what influence African, what influence Africa, let me say specifically, what influence African fashion has had on the rest of the fashion world. But I don't think the show did that. I wasn't left with a sense of that, like a clear sense of that. Um, and I think that if it had done that, then that could really have had an impact on fashion from Africa and fashion in the rest of the world. Right. Um, so I'm not sure. I think because the show doesn't necessarily like archive African fashion in an unexpected way. Um, I'm not sure what impact it will have. Um, it definitely says it makes the statement that African fashion is significant, but Again, because it, it still feels so separate from like um, the fashion world, I think to me on the continent and here, I'm just not sure like what that will mean to the fashion world, right? Um, I think I think though that outside of fashion, the show will probably have an impact on how African fashion is, African fashion exhibitions are curated because I think future shows are going to have to look back at the show and contend with it and say, what do we want to do similarly? What do we want to do differently? Um, and I think that because of, of this show, I think African fashion is still going to be thought of first and foremost as colorful. I think that color was emphasized in the show, <laughs> um, and, um, for better or for worse, right. Maybe that's not a bad thing. Maybe it is. Um, and I think they, like we've talked about before, they played a little attention to minimalism in African fashion, but 
Um, I think that was a smaller section in the show. So I think that many people leaving the show are going to think African fashion, colorful, it's accessible to everybody. Every, everybody can, uh, any, any clothes that an African wears can be considered fashion. I think that's what a lot of people are going to be leaving thinking. And then, um, I think that, um, uh, to put it more kind of optimistically, I think that people are going to leave, uh, thinking, okay, African fashion ranges from traditional garments to luxury items. And, um, hopefully that, hopefully those people will, will be left with a sense of like the importance of tailoring in African fashion and, uh, of tailoring, um, and, and other traditional garments as specific elements of fashion in Africa that are specific to Africa. Um, like we were saying before, and I think, and I think that's an educational impact that the show will have. So, yeah, I think that those are some of the thoughts that, um, that I have. Um, I think if, um, I think, um, considering other fashion shows that I've seen and the impact that they've had on me again with the Mugler show and the shows I've seen by the American Costume Institute, um, at the Met, for example, those shows have impacted me because they've educated me because they've increased the iconicness of the designers that they showed. Um, and they've also like trained my eye. They've, they've, they've trained, helped train me to see fashion in a particular way and to see and know what I like, you know, and I think that's a valuable impact. And then it also generates the desire to consume the clothes. And I think that's like um, what the fashion industry does. Right. So if this show does that for people, then I think it'll have an impact um, in that sense. But yeah, will it have, will it shape the trajectory of fashion from Africa? I don't know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, to your point, to your question about uh, the, the the global influence of African of fashion from Africa, mm-hmm. um, I did feel like, say, with the textiles, yeah, mm-hmm. we could. I feel like that was made clear as mm-hmm. day that yes, it shaped the whole aesthetic, right? Oh, yeah, not, yeah. not not one aesthetic, but various aesthetics. Um, mm. But I think maybe with the clothes, sometimes like the more contemporary stuff. Yeah, that's maybe where I struggled to see. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's weird because in my head I knew the the impact. So now yeah. I'm trying to, um, for the sake of this question, to de associate myself from that prior knowledge right um i'm trying to act like i didn't have that knowledge before right i feel like maybe with the more contemporary stuff maybe it didn't flesh out that really well it didn't really articulate that well um Mm -hmm. or at least in a way in which i i could see Mm -hmm. without having that prior knowledge before um Yes, but um, I agree with a lot of what you've said in terms of, of it's going to influence the way future shows on African fashion are curated. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm glad that uh, a lot of designers who are from the continent has been given this platform because many of them are showing in North America for the first time, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. a few of them. So I, I'm really happy about this. Um, in terms of this legacies on yes, the color thing, unfortunately. Yes. <laughs> you, you know how I feel about the color thing. 
Yeah. Um, I think you articulated it when we spoke about the exhibition. You mm-hmm. put it really, really, you summed it up in a very strong way, in a very yeah. eloquent way. You said it's a, it's becoming a single story of, of African fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would have wanted this show to, to dispel this myth, basically. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the right now I think those are the that's the impact I feel like it's going to have, and mm-hmm. it's obviously a monumental show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Let, let's see what happens. Basically, yeah, yeah. Is there anything else you wish to add? Um, I mean, I hope the next uh, African fashion show can focus on one designer. I, I'm really interested in seeing an African designer get the space and the hype that the Mugler show got, for example. I think that would be so exciting. I think, I, I hope to see a Lisa Folabio show even before yeah. she retires, even before the end of her career, you know, um, to just give it, start us from the beginning and take us to the present day of like how the brand came to be, how she conceives of her um, clothes and collections, um, what the impact of her um, practice has been, who's worn her clothes, where have they appeared, um, just to go in depth about like her her work, and then do the same for other designers. I I would really love to see that next. <laughs> yeah, me too. That would be super interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think again, just like this show is long overdue, that is mm-hmm. long overdue. We need a retrospective of a, a, a an African designer that is long overdue. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But thank you so, so much for your time and sharing all your brilliance with me here. I really oh. appreciate you. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you for your absolutely insightful questions and um, for everything you've shared. I feel like I've learned a lot from from just hearing your reactions to the show here, in addition to our other conversations. And um, I hope, other, I hope um, the listeners will get a lot out of this. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you learned something new. Africa Fashion is on at the Brooklyn Museum until the 22nd of October, 2023. So please, please, please go and experience it for yourself if you are in New York. You can find out more about Ifani and her work on her website, ifaniawachie.com. That's ifaniawachie.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to my Patreon for more content like this. In the meantime, let's continue the conversation in the comments section or on Instagram using the handle at Kutimba with Sima. You can also send an email to kutimbawithsima at gmail.com. Sending you love. Bye.